0: We're in uh, Romans chapter 12. Um, We finished the first eight verses last week, and we'll finish the rest of the chapter this week. Let's pray. Father, open to us understanding. Um, This is part of our not being conformed to this world, but being transformed. We want renewed minds. We don't want... I think I speak on behalf of everyone. We don't want to be like everybody else. Everyone else doesn't impress us. We want to be able to prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We pray that, Spirit of God, that you would take your place among us as teacher and bring us to a place that we would understand your word, and we might be able to live it out. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I'm not a review guy. You know, I always... uh, I've seen people like review, and they think this is a math textbook, like you got to have the basics before you go on to the next section. And I've never thought that's the case. You can open any section, it'll bless you, and God can speak to our hearts. But this isn't in a vacuum. He started out in chapter 12, verse 1. And it's kind of foundational that we present our bodies as living sacrifice. The next part about the spiritual gifts is how we minister one to another. Christians in America don't take spiritual gifts and ministering one to another very seriously. You say, Adam, it's pretty judgmental. I'm not in a coma. I mean, I observe. I mean, I, 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 I'm I not a judgmental person, but I am a fruit inspector, as you are. I don't think we care. We're We're very selfish. We're very self-centered. Listen, if you're struggling, if you're can't get it all together i have the gifts that you need i don't care you are on your own good luck i hope it all works out good for you now if you say that's judgmental or arrogant of me or wrong of me prove me wrong but i've never seen it anywhere like i got to show up somebody might need a hug somebody might need a prayer somebody might need i got i got to give i got to i got to be there i got i'm i'm one of the joints the ligaments that that that's supplying um, and the reason that I don't think we've done that really well is because we haven't presented our bodies a living sacrifice to God. I'm sorry, does that sound judgmental? I don't mean it to be. I just, I just want to fix what's ailing us. I really, really do. Uh, so we do step one, and we do step two. Now this part here, step three, we can't just jump to step two. You can't do it. You can't do it. Okay, look it. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and curse not. You're going to do that? Outside of presenting your body a living sacrifice to God, good luck, Adam. I don't believe in luck. Neither do I. <laughs> good luck. Impossible. Can't happen. You don't have the wherewithal. You don't have the. You, you don't have the personal mojo. You don't. It's not like uh, I'm just going to determine to love everybody in my own strength. I'm going to do a supernatural, spiritual work, in my own power. You realize how it, it, it doesn't work like that. If I haven't done step one, I'm never going to get to step three. And most of us, as I say, we don't, we don't have the steps down. So I just want to say that by, because we're going to talk about step three now, but you really, really have to, if you try step three, you're going to have your, your feet planted firmly in midair. You don't you don't you're not on the foundation of presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. We're conformed to this world. How do you, you know you, you read Facebook, you know how Christians conform to this world all the time? It's a fact. I I could probably bring Facebook in and read you like a million posts until your ears bleed. I could show you post after post after post after post. We're just like everybody else. Our marriage is just like other marriages. Our friendships are as shallow as everybody else's friendships. Our work ethic very often is like everybody else's work ethic. Why? We're not transformed. We're, we're living the life, we're conformed to everybody else. We let the world into our thinking. We let it pervade our attitudes. And God's saying, no, i got a different way of living, a transcendent way of living. And we're going to look at that now, if I get to it, yeah. and I'm going to get to it right now. Verse 9, love be without dissimulation. Don't be hip- hypocritical in your love. Um, Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. People call us hypocrites all the time. Uh, sometimes I think, yeah, I'll wear that, you're right, um, because we're never the people that we say we ought to be. I always think like this. You get saved. You get filled with the Holy Spirit. And show me what life's supposed to look like. And I'll take notes. Because it's really... Anyone can look at our lives and say, Yeah, it doesn't impress me. Sometimes. And we have to have that spirit-filled, supernatural power from above. We're going to live a spiritual life in the power of our flesh. Well... That's silly. The, the, the question even silly. Obviously, the answer is no. But as we look to the Lord, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Give me the power. Give me the wisdom. Give me the right attitudes. I think we can live really impressive lives, but very often we don't do that. And what we're left with is hypocritical. We, I'm afraid we say one thing and do another. And so those who are looking to us and say, yeah, hypocrite, well, sometimes they're right. And we should strive to not be like that. Our love should be, well, love, like God loves. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God loves and he gives. Does he have a warm fuzzy about the world? And we think about love like butterflies in our stomach. When God thinks of a world, he's got butterflies in his stomach. <sighs> I would suggest not. It's an action word. I love, therefore I give. What do you give? His very best. And I think that's what our love has to look like. If it's going to change the world. Now as we're ministering to unbelievers, why are we ministering to them at all? Because we want to change them. We want them to be part of the fellowship. We want them to be part of the family. We want them to move from darkness to light. We want them to be born again. We don't want... We're not trying to change... Attitudes and behaviors so much, right? This is why we approach, especially on Facebook. We post uh, something political or something about this social ill. Abortion's wrong. Well, guess what? It is. And then we bring our strong arguments, and they try to get their arguments back, and we go back and forth for one or two sends. They don't agree with us, now there's name-calling, and now we, they're not our friend anymore on Facebook. Yay! <laughs> what did we prove? Now, if we were to transformed somebody to be pro-life, and that would be a good thing, but they didn't have the transforming work of the Holy Spirit like they weren't born again. They'd just be someone who's pro-life going to hell. We do that. We, we, oh, no, no smoke. That's terrible for you. You're going to get lung cancer. Oh, I didn't know. So we throw our cigarettes away. <laughs> I didn't know. So we throw our cigarettes away, right? And now our lungs are starting to clear up. We have, oh, I can breathe and stuff like that. And we can breathe free and better. And we don't get lung cancer, emphysema, COPD, all the way to hell. We haven't fixed anything. I remember when I was working in uh, uh, CR, it's CRD now, it was Seven Oaks. It was U turn for Christ when I started way back when. And um, I remember uh, uh, Chuck Perry came up with uh, cancer. And so he was getting chemo and he wasn't. So I said, Hey, can I help out? Can I be there, you know, one night of the week and do a a class? Say, Adam, you're wonderful. It was Sue's suggestion. And it was kind of a wonderful suggestion. And it was a blessing for me because that's the way God was. And I, I loved teaching them boys. They didn't know nothing. They didn't know. That. I'd say, okay, uh, turn to Joshua, and they'd be like, dude, are you Joshua? Like, they had, they had no idea, right? They, it was like, uh, and, but I saw the word of God transform lives, and it was beautiful to watch. You know how they're all pro, like we're talking about abortion, they're all pro-life, they weren't any of them pro-life. Why? Because they were out sowing their wild oats, praying that there wouldn't be a harvest. And if there was, it's, here's a couple hundred bucks, uh, honey. Why don't you take care of that? I want the uh, fun. I don't want any of the responsibility. How'd they become pro-life? They, they meth, the author and giver of life. And I think if we don't approach it that way, we haven't really approached it. Again, uh, getting people to vote a certain way, yeah. I, um, if people go from pro-choice to pro-life, they've, they've gone to a good place, a better place, and they're still going to hell. So we all understand that. So uh, we, we want to love without dissimulation. We want to abhor, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. I'm afraid, uh, again, uh, if I'm going to be a fruit inspector, I'm afraid we haven't done a great job in that. I think much of the church is, how close can I get without stepping over the line? That's Christian nightclubs. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have Christian everything. Just this, it's the same as the world. It's just the light version. You know, there's uh, Budweiser and there's Bud Light and our version is kind of like of everything it's just kind of like yeah as close as we can get but a little less so we get rid of some of the obvious I, I don't... how about not trying to get as close to the line as we can without falling over. How about, here's the line, let's get as far away as possible. And I don't mean this in a legalistic way. You guys know me, right? I'm not a do this, do that type of guy. About you know, People come in and ask me about this, and I say, I don't know, what does the Bible say? What do you think is right? What do you think the situation I'm going to stretch you a little bit. I'm going to talk about some stuff, and I'm afraid not everyone's going to like the, uh, the examples I try to pull out. Uh, but I, I want us to understand something. We live in a world. We're trying to reach people, and the people are in a really dark and desperate situation, a really tough spot. And we want to abhor that which is evil. Did Jesus abhor that which is evil? Oh yeah. How how much so? Because the tax collector says, "Hey, come and have a uh, we're, we're having a party. You know, celebrate my new conversion. Come over to my house." And Jesus went gladly. And he was with tax collectors and sinners, so much that the Pharisees, the religious people, were like, ah! And their minds were exploding. And Jesus said, where would a doctor be except with sick people? You've, you've got to figure this out. You have to be where the sick people are if you're doing the Lord's work. You have to be. Did Jesus compromise? Well, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous at the face of it. Uh, they call him friend of sinners. Hangs around with tax collectors, prostitutes, di- the most disagreeable sort. And he's like, Yeah, I think he wore that title proudly. He was very strategic about it. He's very thoughtful about it. He's very directed by God about it. And so I think that's a signal about how we're supposed to be. Be kindly affectionate. One. Uh, to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. What does that mean? You know what it means. It's kind of pretty straightforward. Uh, kindly affection. Because I hear this, you know, well, you know, about people say about other church members, well, I love them, I just don't like them. Nope. <laughs> nope. Brotherly love. Uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. That's we would say like you know what I mean, no no that's 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 not valid, that's not a. No, throw, throw that idea out. Don't ever anyone ever say that, and at least don't ever say it around me. Work on it because I, I understand this. Not everyone. Some people you you meet them and you fall in love with them instantly. We do. It's like we're besties for life. We just, we just met. You know how that is, right? Some people drive you crazy because their name is Harry, and they remind you of your their, your Uncle Harry who used to torture you and call you names. And they, Nothing they can do to get on your good side because their name is Harry. Or, or whatever silly thing it is. Or they have a mannerism about something you don't like. Or they just... Say things as soon as it comes to their mind. You think, just think about that a little bit, or they just have disagreeable habits. You have to work a little harder liking them. I will give you that. I'll I will agree with that. You know how it is too. I mean, uh, people who you like, they could upset a plate of spaghetti on your lap when you're wearing white pants, and it's fine. It's, it's don't even worry about it. It's it's okay. And somebody else did this holding their knife wrong, and you want to you you kill them dead. Because that's how we are. People rub us the wrong way. No, no. Be kindly affection one to another. In love, preferring one another. What's in love, preferring one another mean? It means, hey, uh, honey, we're going out for lunch. Where do you want to go? Um, does this mean we all have to think the same about everything? No. You know, I, I'll tell you this. Uh, my uh, favorite food is Japanese. My second favorite is... Um, is uh, Mexican, Susan's favorite is Mexican, her second favorite is probably Thai, Japanese is up there, but it's not, and somehow we've been able to make our marriage work. Uh, we prefer one another love, we, okay, what do you want, what do you, and, and her wants are more important than my wants, that's easy, that's easy, uh, and uh, it, it's funny, because you, you do this too, right? I, I'm sure you do this. Hey, let's go to eat. Yeah, where do you want to go? Oh, I don't care, anywhere is good. Okay, let's go to, no, not that one. Okay. Anywhere, okay. All right, how about, no, no, I don't want to go there either. Anywhere, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, anywhere, anywhere. Uh, so, I, well, what about, uh, so I'm thinking like anywhere except my first two suggestions. <laughs> you su- she's not fussy. I don't want to paint her with a, you know, a, but is that happened to you? It happens to us. But I really want her input on something. I want to make her happy. Me, I don't care. I can go anywhere in the world. Whatever the menu is, I'll find something I like. It's easy to do. Uh, and even then, we have our preferences. But my, my I was thinking is, what's, what's your preference? What do you want? Because if it's always my way all the time, that's not Christian love. And then and this is how we, uh, we meet in the middle. As, as Christians, as non-Christians, as um, non-Christian preferences are never going to be our preferences. You, you realize that? I'll, I'll meet you where you are. I don't think Jesus went to, uh, like, you know, um, Matthew, Levi's house, the tax collectors were gathered together because he wanted a feast. Like, I can't wait to, to have all this food and all. No, he wanted to go because that's where the, the, the sinners were. That's where ministry was going to happen. Don't be slothful in business. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Uh, slothful in business. You know, when we first moved to Maine, uh, me and my brother-in-law dubbed this the, the land of Manana. If you want to set up like somebody to look at your vehicle, for instance, he wanted to get to today or next day or the day after, maybe next week, but we're not promising anything, maybe a month from now. I think it's changed a lot. I'm going to tell you something, I think it's changed a lot. There was a lot less competition, a lot less people doing business, and they just weren't very fervent. They weren't very, we got to get this taken care of, we got to get it taken care of now. I love something when, yeah, we'll slide you right in. And I get this, I get this. When you get a, a toothache, the doctor's not like, you call the dentist and they say, yeah, um, I 'm just sitting here doing Sudoku. why don 't you just you know slide right in right now? I get, I, I understand scheduling. I, I really, really do. Uh, as a Christian person, we 're supposed to go the X mile. Our business is supposed to be our work ethic is supposed to be superior. Why? Because we're we're serving the Lord. We' were talking about this yesterday at work, yeah, I work Saturday most Saturdays, and uh, we we're talking about coming to the end of a job. I think we've probably got a couple months left at this job. So what? Because it used to be like a lot of places, like then you'd start like showing them low gear because you didn't want to work yourself out of a job because if you're going to get laid off, you're going to go sit on the books and wait for your turn to come up again, which doesn't matter because we're serving the Lord. So every day is a, is a, is a good day of, of, of getting a lot of stuff accomplished. And uh, because of verses like this, and we want to show them. Like if you are uh, a Christian, and you do enough work to break the Sabbath, and people say, oh my goodness, is that guy lazy? Oh, you, you, you're, not, you're, not, you're not witnessing them, you're not winning them for Christ. And I think this whole section here is about how to win people for Christ. We're not slothful in business, we're fervent, we're, we show some zeal, some enthusiasm. Why? Because at the end of the day, we're not working for that company, we're working for the Lord. And if you're working for the Lord, and you show up every day with a good attitude, with fervor, with some, you know, uh, purposefulness in your step, I think you'll be on the last of the layoff list all the time. That company, whether you're working for them, they're not going to see a good work ethic. And others are going to say, yeah, he's one of them crazy Christian guys. But I tell you what, he shows up, he works hard, and they'll, they'll generally get it right, you know what I mean. Will they uh, accuse you of things unjustly? Yes, obviously, we'll get to that. Okay, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. They say there's 20 things here, unqualified, do this, don't do this kind of things. I don't know if you can count them that crisp, that precisely, because I think some of them dovetail into like he can be speaking like three verses about the same thing, different aspects of it. So I don't want to say exactly. But rejoicing in hope, I think, just means, you know, the blessed hope, the coming of Jesus Christ. When I got saved in 1980, I heard about this mysterious doctrine called the rapture, which I thought was the most insane, crazy idea. I still think so. I still think so. I think it's absolutely, and the only thing it has working for it is it's absolutely scripture. There's no doubt about it. So I'm going to be walking down the street or or watching television or driving in my car. Maybe I'll hear a trumpet blast. Maybe I won't, but there's a trumpet going on. The voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ rise first. Will I see that as I'm driving in my car, driving by the graveyard? All of a sudden, you know, dirt piles are going, <laughs> spraying up like a fountain. And I see zoop, zoop, you know, going up. Will, that, will I vis- physical, physically see I don't know. I don't know. Then we who are alive remain should be caught up together with them cl- in the clouds. We who are alive remain, you here who know and trust with Jesus, uh, and now, this as well, uh, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. Is that going to happen? It's my hope. It's my blessed hope. It's been that way since February 14th, 1980, or shortly thereafter when I heard the doctrine. And it's really, 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 listen to me now, really, really served me well. It really has. I think Jesus can show up today, I really do. What does that mean? He's not going to catch me backsliding. I'd be so shamefaced. Jesus showed up and I was right in the middle of like profound sin. Oh my goodness. And when I think God's moving in my heart to do something, I get time to fiddle and diddle. He can show up. What if we start this ministry and the next day he shows up? Well, I want to have started the ministry. I want to have at least been faithful in that. How long will it go? I I don't know. Uh, There was a time when I never thought I'd retire. I still don't think I'm I'm, I'm about a year and a half away. I still don't think I'm going to retire. Not from the pulpit. From the other job, right? I think I'm a year and a half away. I think I'm going to retire. I'm I'm sure I'm going to retire. I might never retire. I still think... If I were a gambling man, I'd still bet that the rapture going to happen before I retire. I'm kind of glad I put some money away, just in case. It's kind of a good thing. Say, well, if you get raps, you'll leave it all behind. Yeah, don't worry about it. Okay, where I'm going, pavement is gold, okay? <laughs> You've got plenty in heaven. Don't get nerved up about it. Anything you leave behind. We'll leave it all behind. When you die, you're going to leave it all behind, okay? No, no U-Hauls being pulled by a hearse. It just... We we leave it all here, but I am always looking for the soon return of the Lord, and I think it served me very very well. So far, I've been wrong. One of these days, I'm going to be right, and it's going to be a blessed, glorious day. Patient tribulation. So I'm looking for Jesus to come back and rescue us from this sorry condition. In the in the meantime, patient in tribulation, you're going to need to be able, hoopermony, to stand up under. Tribulation. Why? Because it happens. Any questions? I wish everyone treat us really well. I know they know we're the children of God. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's bugging them, by the way. Uh, patient in tribulation. You're going to need that. Uh, I want you to fight back. When people has, harass you, I want you to harass them back. No, we're going to get there. Uh, patient tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. So when people are, when you're rejoicing in hope, be praying. When you're having tribulation, be praying. What are you praying for? I'm praying for the salvation of that person who's, who's harassing me. And by the way, tribulation isn't always you know, somebody harassing you. Sometimes it's just the cold you're enduring or the loss of a job or the flat tire or life. Whatever life throws throws your way. It's a fallen world. What am I going to do? Well, every time I get a hangnail or a runny nose, I, I pull chicken a little, you know, When in circles, when in in trouble, when in doubt, run in circles, scream and shout. That's me. I just want to glorify God with my losing my head all the time. The sky is falling, right? No. We patiently endure. We pray. We pray our way through all these situations. Of course. What else would you do? And I have found, you know, people who worry a lot, Pray. You'll, you'll worry about it, or you'll pray about it, okay? And we cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. Once i prayed for, it's kind of in better hands. No sense me sitting there flipping over in bed all night worrying about something that I have no control over. I can give it to the one who has control over it, and there's it a good chance it'll come out the way he wants it to come out rather than me getting all nerved up and not being able to change anything. Prayer really important. Distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. See, some people might count that as two things. Maybe it's one. I don't know. When people need, I remember back at uh, Y2K, when it, you know you got to get, uh, you got to have like at least a year's worth of food in your pantry, you know, because the supply chain is going to be disrupted. Blah 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 blah. And so a lot of people did that. We always have, I don't, we don't have a year sort of the stuff in our pantry because our pantry isn't that big. Uh, but we have, we, we could go on for several months. We don't have to shop this week. We ain't going to starve in a week or a month or I don't know how long our pantry would hold up. But we got, we, we're, we're like that. Most of you people like that. And the whole thing was like, you know, so when someone's coming across your lawn, you know, looking for a handout, what are you, what are you going to do, shoot them or something? Well, they should have prepared too. That's all there is to it. No, I mean, the, the idea was hopefully have something to share with people, uh, distributing to the necessity of saints. Some, I get three squares every day I want them, or more. Somebody doesn't have anything to eat. Aren't we supposed to be the ones who are sharing, looking out for others? Um given to hospitality, because back in that day, they didn't have a Motel 6, and Tom Beaudet wasn't leaving no lights on for anybody, and so they people opened up their home. There were in, sometimes, but uh, sometimes it was just, you know, when so, people, when they travel into your town, you opened up your house, and that was hospitality. I still see people being very hospitable, and it's a wonderful thing when I see it. Have you been in somebody's house, you feel like you just at your own house, they're so hospitable, they're so warm, they're so inviting. That's a wonderful thing. I think we we really have to work on that. Now listen, this is what I was saying earlier. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Somebody's persecuting you. What do you do? Well, I treat everyone just like they treat me. I, I was talking to a guy, I remember, <laughs> he was telling me about what a great Christian he was. Well, I treat everyone just like they treat me. No. <laughs> You're supposed to treat everyone like you like to be treated, not like it they treat you. So if a guy you know, calls you names and hates you, you can call him names and hate him back. No. That's what the world does. And, that's, and, and I, I hope nobody here is entertaining any silly ideas, but I know you better than that. That you know if they treat us badly, we'll treat them right back bad, and we'll show them. Doesn't show anybody anything. Uh, a guy comes to your house, knocks on your door rather angrily, and you open up, and he's rather an unpleasant character with a rather unpleasant re- request. I notice you got this crash out on your lawn here. It's offensive to me. It's 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 Nazi. You 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 want me to be like you and think like you? Hey. Go pound sand, like shut up and get off my doorstep, idiot, right? Well, that would be my first, I'm just gonna be honest with you, that'd be my first thought. Hopefully that thought doesn't find instant vocal expression. What if you did something like, really? Well listen, I I had no idea it was as offensive to you. Why don't you come on in and talk about it? Well. Well, you give him some eggnog, a cup of tea, or coffee. Uh, my, he smells the wonderful pie your wife just took out of the oven. Why don't you come on in? We'll, we'll have a little visit here. You talk about it. Maybe you'll even end up removing that from your lawn. <gasps> I would never. Well, that has zero chance of converting somebody. About zero. I've never heard anyone driving by a <laughs> little lit up plastic figurines of the wise men and i think i'll get saved i love jesus has that ever happened maybe but your neighbor's not getting saved that way he's all upset that you have it there so you invite him in you sit and you talk about him you show him how reasonable you are and you end up taking it away you invite him and his wife over for dinner just just a possibility at some point you invite them to church and they come and they get saved. Perhaps. just a d- uh, Is this what God is telling you to do and I'm telling you through God? No, 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 no. Pray about it. Pray about it. Don't bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. A new way of thinking. Turn the other cheek. Love. Now, what he's expecting is you'll tell him to go pound sand. What he meets with is rational, loving behavior that he he, doesn't, he has no idea. He's never seen anything like that. Will that change him? I don't know. Better chance than you tell him to get off your doorstep before you call the cops. Just a thought. Bless them which persecute you. Are you going to be persecuted? I guarantee it. The Beatitudes tell us as much. All that would live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. It's on tap. What God has planned for us. Why? We're not above our teacher, our master. He was persecuted. Um, You're not going to be able to live with everybody peaceably, as a a verse a few from now will tell us. And when they persecute us, patient in tribulation, we bless them, pray for them, reach out to them in in love. A new day, a new thought, a new way of... I can't tell you over the years how many people have been you know, you probably can tell me stories. You didn't do the expected thing. You did the right thing. You did the thing that God could bless. Because we we're do not we not like everybody else. We're not conformed to this world. We're transformed. We have a renewed mind. I've heard of exceptional things like, you know, people whose kids have been murdered or something, you know, going finding that person in jail and ministering the gospel to them and even going as far as to uh forgive them. I would never yeah, well, you would never keep what Scripture says because people persecute us and that's going to happen. We bless them. We don't curse them. Um, rejoice with them, rejoice, and weep with them that weep. At first blush, that's easy, easy peasy. Uh, let me take up the, the weep first. When people are weeping, they rarely need a speech. <laughs> they do it, they're, they're weeping because something they did, and now the, the, the chickens have come home to roost. And they need a lecture from us, right? They never do. They just need somebody to help them cry. Um, They don't need uh, 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 a gospel, uh, I mean, a a sermon preached at them. They don't need uh, somebody to teach them a lesson. They need somebody to help them weep. Uh, What if it's not really a weepable situation? Uh, There's a guy at work, and his boyfriend died of AIDS. Is there part of us that's self-inflicted. Shouldn't have been behaving in that lifestyle. You wouldn't have died. You hot-hearted Pharisee. I'm not even joking. What a horrible That's not the time for that. He's decimated by that. He doesn't need a lecture on the evils of homosexuality. Is there a time for that? Of course. We're supposed to hate, abhor that which is evil. But here's somebody who's hurting. So we say to them, well, don't be like that, and that won't happen. And they say, oh, I didn't realize. Let me come to Jesus, and I'll get saved. And, and even if they would give up a homosexual lifestyle without salvation, remember, we're, we're after a bigger goal, Right? We're not trying to get people to stop being homosexuals for the sake of stop being homosexuals. That's like, like putting lipstick on a pig, right? It's still a pig. Nothing, the nature of the beast hasn't changed. And I'm not calling homosexuals pigs. What I'm saying is when we try to get somebody to conform without any fundamental change, all that is is like it's putting the cart before the horse. They're not saved. It's not a, it's not a benefit. Um, how about uh, bless, uh, rejoice with those who rejoice? So somebody has a, a, a baby, but it's born out of wedlock. But it's still a baby, and there's still a, there's a, still a, a baby shower. I'm not going. They should have got married first. <sighs> God help us from not being Pharisees. There's still a little baby coming into the world. And people are happy about the birth of a baby. And we want to be happy about the birth of a baby. And, and people, see, listen, listen, I guess what I'm trying to say is this. Do, you, do we expect sinners to not be sinners before we just say, oh, hey, okay? Do we want to meet them where they are? Oh, okay, here's another example. Me and Susan were coming here to church one night, and there was a famous show on the air. And um, if I said the name, you'd know it but I don't want to disparage um a guy called in with a question his mother was getting married to another woman and of course she had invited him to the wedding as a christian he was like what do i do that's a great question and the moderator the host of the show said well you can go you let your mother know i'm not i'm not good with this mom but it's you and i love you and is that a is that a, a good answer? Is that a possibility? Listen, I'm going to say this. I'm just going to I'm not going to apologize about this later. Pray let the Holy Spirit of God tell you what to do. Would I go? I can't by direction of the church. I can't perform homosexual marriages and I can't attend them because I would be adding my ampramada, my approval by being there. Could you go? Was nothing in the church saying you can't? I think you have to pray about that. But the obvious answer to a lot of us: No way! I'd go. No way. No way. I'm not rejoicing with those who rejoice. I don't care what. I'm not. I'm not going to be part of that. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm hearing you. Do. Do you? But. But it's a. It's a. A, a mother, a nephew, a niece, a grandchild, a friend. I just write them out of my life. My sister, who has six kids, uh, one of them said he's gay, now I have uh, five, she has five kids as far as I'm concerned, I have nothing to do with him whatsoever. Maybe, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I can invite him and his boyfriend, now married person, legally. Not that real marriage is taking place, but can I invite them over for dinner? Can I minister to them where they are? If we say, I have nothing to do with them, they're never going to hear the gospel. Do we have to have people to reform before we share with them? I don't think Jesus did. And I'm just using this very awkward example just to stretch our minds, to stretch our thinking. How can we Treat people with love. How can we reach people? Because this whole section in my thinking is on, what do we do with the unbeliever? Did I just tell you if homosexual people get married you're to go to the wedding? I certainly did not say that. I certainly did not say that. I'm not going to defend that position later on. I'm saying, you've got to do, you've got to go away, you've got to do what God's telling you to do. Well, God would never tell me to do that. Well, that's fine, that's fine. Okay, put the Put the ugly face down. <laughs> Everyone's calm here, right? We're not, we're not, nobody's fighting, okay? But how do I reach people? Some of those people are rather unpleasant characters in unpleasant places. They were like us before we got saved. We have to get our hands dirty. We have to roll up our sleeves. We have to meet people where they are. Okay? That's, that's all I'm saying. We we got to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with them who weep. In so much as we can, in so much as we can, whether that 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 I, I don't have a gay friend at work whose friend is dying of AIDS or any, I don't have that. Let's say I do. Could I? He said, "Hey, can you pray?" Yeah, I would pray. I would pray for a situation like that. Yeah, wouldn't you? He's decimated. He's brokenhearted. Do I, have I got enough humanity in me that I care about this brokenhearted person even though he's a sinner? Everybody's a sinner. Everybody's brokenhearted one degree or another. I understand. I got humanity. I've lost people I love. I, I haven't lost a homosexual lover because I'm not homosexual, but I've, I've lost people I love. It's the same feeling when we love somebody. I mean, it's the same loss When somebody dies, even though it's illicit, that's that's a different issue altogether. Don't conflate them. Don't don't confuse them. Don't be such a hard-hearted. Yeah, well, he he wasn't homosexual. He wouldn't have got AIDS to begin with. That's. I don't think that's helpful. I don't think that's. I I I don't see how that's, winning people to Christ. I think at some point I'm just looking down my nose at everybody who's not as godly as me, and I have scriptural justification for it because I'm—I don't—I'm I, trying to get away from the evil. Yeah, you are, but that doesn't mean—you know—one scripture tells us Paul says don't—he said don't associate with sinners. But if you if you do what I say, you'd have to leave the world because you're not—we're not to have fellowship with them. We're not to have. You understand we're reaching people. It's a mission field. So you're going and you're hanging around your unsaved friends. You've got to be very circumspect. You've got to have a plan. It's not hanging out for the sense of hanging out. It's hanging out for the sense of reaching them for Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we as Christians, we, we hang around all the other Christians. Fellowship is wonderful. We love it so much. It's a good thing. I'm glad you guys love each other so much. But if all our friends... Everyone on my phone, that just Christians, I, I don't know that I'm fulfilling the Great Commission very well. I think we have to re-examine a few things, all I'm saying. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Again, this doesn't mean I have to move my position of Japanese to Mexican, because me and Sue have to be of the same mind. It means to be the same, if you go, go to one of our board meetings, you'll see that the elders are the same mind. We want the church to uh, uh, glorify Jesus Christ. And everything there kind of comes under a different heading, you know, how do we best, and we're, we're kind of one-minded. I think this is about all Christians. There's a lot of Christians I wouldn't have anything to do with in the natural because we're just totally different people, totally different people. But they love Jesus and I love Jesus, and I found out that over the years that that's enough. That's, that's the basis of fellowship oh, it really is uh, and uh, that's a wonderful thing by the way and we, we have the same mind uh, everyone has a preference about you know one of the things we never ever do we don't have like a, a church meeting on we're going to put drapes over the window what color should the drapes be um, churches have split over the color of drapes everyone's got a preference about what to do how this should be and what we never even uh, bring it up we never talk about it we never uh, we want people to be of the same mind that doesn't mean we agree with everybody to the nth degree it's impossible and I always said this you know Remember what I was talking about last week when we were talking about spiritual gifts? Think about a thumbprint. No two thumbprints are alike. No two irises are alike. No two snowflakes are alike. God likes the fact that people are different. He's made us all different. Celebrate that. It's a wonderful thing. We're not clones. We're the same mind. We want Jesus Christ to be glorified. That's what it means, I think, when we're talking about the same mind. One to another. Be not. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. I hate it when people condescend to me. I can't do that because it's like that's not applying the golden rule. Condescend means to come down. So get off your high horse and meet people where they are. I'd interpret it that way. And then if people do that, they're not so high-minded in their own conceit, they come down to my lowly level. Well, that's wonderful. I mean, it really, really is. Ah. I don't want to be condescending. I don't want to have a condescending attitude. I don't want to talk down to people like, yeah, you knuckle-dragging troglodyte, let me explain something to you if I can, if you can absorb it. I don't ever, I don't ever want to be uh, arrogant like that and have that sort of, and I don't think we're supposed to be. We're supposed to have the same mind. We're not supposed to be so living way up here to the point we can't. We're condescending to men of law of state. even the sinners, well, especially the sinners. We have to come down to where they are to share the gospel with them. Somebody did that for me. He didn't wait for me to get saved before he said, all right, I'll befriend you, I'll talk to you, I'll share the gospel with you. Again, lipstick on a peg. It's, it, we don't put the cart before the horse. We don't wait for people to act godly before we talk to them, before we share the gospel with them. They don't need the gospel then if they already got it. They need it when they're sinners. You've got to roll up your sleeves. You've got to get your hands dirty. Don't be wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. You see how these kind of all dovetail into each other to a large degree? Uh, If we haven't spelled it out, Paul says, I'm spelling it out now. Don't recompense to any man evil for evil we don't pay back evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. Isn't that the same as not slothful in business? I think it might have a slightly different tack. Uh, Be above board. Don't have a, a secret agenda. Don't have people wondering about what you really think. Just be transparent if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men Uh, is it possible uh, to live peaceably with all men no no it's not no it's not it's obviously not but in so much as it lies in you live peaceably with all men Uh, always have the olive branch extended always be ready for fellowship always be ready to take people in you know uh, sometimes when people uh, treat you badly. Sometimes, even worldly people, if you give them, uh, if you bless them and curse not, and you don't repay evil for evil, some people's conscience will bother them, and sometimes people will come back and say, listen, I was out of line. I'm sorry about that. I shouldn't have you know, said what I said. Sometimes. doesn't happen very often. It happens sometimes. When you do in a situation like that? I don't worry about it. Just water over the dam. You're gracious. You're you're always ready to, yeah, but you know what you said, and that really hurt my feelings, and stop it. What are you doing with your feelings hanging out like that? You know, at work, you know, we we all joke, feelings aren't on the tool list. Don't, don't bring your feelings to work. We, they're not welcome here, right? You can get hurt feelings real easy all day long, every day. Uh, I, and I think that's kind of scriptural, right? Uh, we're not to recompense any man evil for evil or to provide things honest in the sight of all men. it was supposed to live with people peaceably as so much as possible. Uh, people found out we were going to Israel because uh, I I, would, I told the boss, you know, and, and then he, we were talking about stuff because one guy overheard and he was disgusted like I would do such, something like that. He was absolutely incensed. Like, ah, and I've talked to him since and we're cool again. Not, not a guy, he's just part of the group there. He's, he doesn't work for my company or anything else. Seems a nice enough guy, but if I bring up Christianity and I go to church I bet I'm going to get a handful of mad guy again. I can't live peaceably with everybody. I couldn't live peacefully with my mom in this sense if I did what she wanted me to do, I wouldn't be doing this. But as much as lies in me, as much as I can control it, can you control it? People are going to persecute us People are going to persecute us. We're going to bless them. We're going to live peaceably as much as we can. Okay? But that's all we can do. When the lines of communication are broken down, and I've said this about a hundred times, make sure they're not broken down on your end. Okay? I had a real bad style with this guy. He said this, and he said this. And we, Remember that guy I was telling you about who was uh, talking about our rights? You know, some people didn't get the, uh, uh, the jab for a certain virus that was going around here in the not-too-distant past. Uh, they, they didn't get uh, the jab because they were worried about their rights, he said. Oh, boy, bad Adam came out. I gave him a... And I was talking to him yesterday, and we just, we're old friends. You'd think we were best, besties. Don't... Cause you had a, a row, a, a dust up. Don't let that be you defining. I hate that guy forever now. I'm, 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 i Adam. I'm your work buddy. We're gonna, we're gonna get this accomplished. We're gonna. Or you said one thing that you crossed me, and I'm, I hate you forever. And I hope you go to hell. Come on. We're not those people. We're going to live as, as we can with every people peaceably as much as lies in us. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. We rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him drink. For in do, so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire in his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Listen, dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Why? Because you're going to be persecuted because there's going to be tribulation, because you're not going to be able to live peacefully with all men. Do not avenge yourself. I heard Chuck Smith preach on this, and he said, you know, I let God deal with my enemies when he does a better job. OK. I've heard Ken Gray say, wrath, vengeance isn't wrong. It's just not yours. I agree with that. I agree with both of those sentiments. I'm going to show people turn the other cheek. I'll let God deal with all the... I'm just going to. Vengeance isn't wrong. God will take care of stuff. Do I want him to take care of stuff? Send that person to hell where they belong. I I promise you. Listen to me. I promise you. I do not. I do not. I do not know anybody. I want to go to hell. I want everybody to... I don't care how mess, what political figure you're thinking about, how bad they messed up my country. I want them to repent, turn around, do good, hopefully as much good as they've ever done bad, and, and be a force for good, and talk about Jesus, and expound Jesus, and use their platform to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what I want. I don't want anyone to go to hell. You shouldn't either. And when we do that, people get us mad. They get under our skin. I know all that. I know. People drive you crazy. I know because they drive me crazy. The same people that Jesus died for, that God so loved, that he gave his only begotten son, that none should perish, right? That's not God's willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. Those people make you crazy. God loves them. Some of them won't come, don't worry about it. Don't worry about justice. <laughs> One thing we're sure about in this world is justice. God is a God of justice. Nobody's getting away with anything. Don't you avenge yourself. Let God do it. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, well, give him some a drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now, I'm not exactly sure what coals of fire is, because I hear, like, that's an ancient form of heaping coals of fire is like torture, you know what I mean? Or heaping coals of fire is like when somebody's fire goes out and they get a basket of coals and they carry it on their head and you're blessing them. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard all these different, I don't know. I would say it's not, this whole thing is like reaching out for people in love. Not avenging yourself. I'm not trying to, I hope his his hair's on fire, fool. I I don't think it means that, okay? For whatever it means. All I'm going to do, whatever that means, I'm going to, Lord, this guy, he was really, really poor to me and my family. He really said bad things and he really destroyed my reputation. He really, I'm going to leave that with you. Forgive? Of course. I'm the guy who preaches it all the time. You think I got like hidden things against people and I hate them and I wouldn't forgive? No, that's never never gonna happen in my life ever. I'm prophesying over myself. It's never gonna happen ever. You say, Well, you don't know about I know that. I'ma leave vengeance with God. You're saying, you don't, nobody's ever worked you over like, <laughs> one, you don't know anything about my life and what has happened to us in the past, but we don't have a hate list. We don't, we don't live like that. It's not a, a God, you see, you, you, you wrote it all down. You got perfect, you can deal with. Do I want that person to go to hell? I do not. I promise you, I do not. Would you go to a church where the pastor wanted people to go to hell? He sums it all up. Don't be overcome of evil. A lot of evil. I I give you an example. I can't think of any in America in the 21st century. You're just going to have to come up with your own example, okay? I can't even think of it because it's, so, it's such a perfect society. Where Godliness happens all the time. We have children play in the street. Every day is a carnival and every meal is a banquet. It's a wonderful place to live. I can't think of anything that's evil. But if you can come up with something, right, don't let it consume you because we are likely to. Things drive us crazy! Don't they understand? Yeah, they probably do understand. Some of them are working for Satan overtly. Some are just useful idiots for Satan. I was. I mean, I wasn't trying to get the world to be bad, but I thought my version of good was the version of good. I was a sinner. I didn't know any better. Don't be overcome by evil. Overcome evil with good strategically figure out how am I going to love this guy who hates me? How am I going to bless this guy who's continually saying bad things about me? Who's continually giving me a hard time on the job? How am I going to show him the love of Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you something. I bet God will show up in a very real way. Lord, I want to bless him. I want to love him. I want to show him your heart. God's saying, yeah, you're on your own. Figure it out. Right? Because that's how God is. I'll bet, I'm just, I, I'll bet, you practice you, Lord, I really, really want to do your will in this very, very difficult situation. In weeks' time, you'll be coming to me and you say, You know what? I took what you said. I took that, and I, and I said, I'm going to give feet to that scripture. I'm going to let God work in that situation. And you are going to be telling me about situations where God just took the ball and ran with it. He used you to really benefit a life and change a life for good and for God. That's the only way we're going to reach people, to be supernaturally loving. You can't show them the love of God in your own power. You don't have that. But the love of God, chapter 5, verse 7, I believe, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. Let's stand. Let's pray. I love chapters like this. It's hard, all right. You, you worship guys, are going to come now, and uh, it's hard stuff, isn't it? Right. I've given you examples we weren't exactly comfortable with. I want to stretch you. I want us not to be comfortable. Uh, Father, we uh, love passages like this. We want to be supernatural lovers. We want to love like you love. We want to go the extra mile, and the extra mile, and the extra mile. And you give us plenty of opportunity to do that. Help us not to be Lord self-righteous, and we want to be. You know what we want to be? We want to be like Jesus. We want to be circumspect. We don't, want to, we, want, we don't want to celebrate evil. We want to abhor that which is evil. But at the same time, Lord, we see the people who are enveloped, whose lifestyles are so bad, so wrought with sin, sickness, and depravity, and we want to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and change not their lives in a very shallow, superficial way, Lord. We want to change their eternal destination Give us the wherewithal to do that, the wisdom, but most importantly, Lord, the love. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.